Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Not is just so. God is so good. Our God is so, so good. Jesus is so, so wonderful. Thank you, Lord. 
Amen. God bless you, children of God. We do greet each of you once again in the mighty, precious name of Jesus Christ, who was, is, and is to come. We thank God for another day, another opportunity to worship him in spirit and in truth. God has been very good to each one of us, and we count it a privilege to be able to come before him and give him the glory, the honor, and the praise that he deserves. For those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know that we are working on our most recent topic, simply entitled Give Thanks. Give Thanks. Some of you under the sound of my voice, you may be saying, Apostle, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what, what kind of hell I'm experiencing in this marriage or on this job or in this business. How can you be telling me to give thanks? Well, I'm telling you because the Word of God tells us that we have to give thanks in all circumstances, to give thanks in all situations, understanding this, child of God, that whatever you are going through, it could be worse. It could be much worse. So, you know, rather than looking at situations and, and focusing in on how bad they are, look at situations and focus on how good they are, focus in on on. on what could have happened? You say you lost your mother in a tragic car car accident. Apostle, how can you tell me to get thanks? Well, it could have been your mother and your father. It could have been your mother and your, your son or your mother and your daughter. So so as as bad as things may appear or may seem, you know, and as bad as they may hurt, understand it could be worse. Give thanks. Get in the habit of giving thanks. Sometimes giving thanks will cause God to uh, keep things from becoming even worse. See, sometimes murmuring and complaining and, 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 and cursing one, curse God and die and all this kind of foolishness, you can cause things to become even worse than what they are. But giving thanks can cause God to supernaturally operate on your behalf, supernaturally stop and stay the hand of the adversary, demonic spirits and forces that are that really want to see things even worse than they are. So give thanks, children of God. This is a very important spiritual exercise. You know, one of the things, you know, I had gotten into uh, oftentimes when I travel uh, to do missionary work in various countries, I don't have a gym at my disposal. Here at the Christian Center, we have a gym, treadmill, all kind of exercise equipment, so it's not a problem to physically exercise uh, with, with all of the 
apparatus that we have available. Sometimes I find myself in countries or find myself in nations where there's no gym. I have I have gotten big, huge stones and used them as uh, weights to lift. Or you know, sometimes I can't find big stones or, or big. So I just you know do sit-ups and do push-ups. But you know, uh, the physical exercise must be done to keep the body in shape. Well, there are certain spiritual exercises that must be done to keep your spirit, man, in shape. Giving thanks is a spiritual exercise. Just as just as push-ups or sit-ups will strengthen your physical man, getting in the habit of giving thanks to God. Just, Lord, I just thank you. I just thank you for what what is a spiritual exercise that will help keep your spirit, man, fit and will help keep the relationship between you and God on a on a very smooth and a very positive level. God does not like murmuring. God does not like complaining. God does not like unthankfulness, unappreciativeness, because God be sitting on the throne and be saying, look, I've, I have done more for you. I'm doing more for you than you can even imagine. God said, I don't have time for this foolishness now. God said, now, you, you really want to see some bad times? All right, keep right on with that attitude. Keep right on running your mouth like that right there. God, many times in scriptures, I counted no less than about three times where God tried to tell Moses, leave me alone so I can kill all these Israelites. How long will these Israelites treat me with contempt? How long are they going to keep running their mouth and poking their mouth out and talking against me and what I'm doing any kind of way? God was constantly trying to get Moses to step up, slide, step out of the way so I could put an end to these Israelites all at once. God said, then I'll make you into a great nation. You know, greater and stronger than that. But Moses kept uh, what the Bible says is seeking the Lord's favor. He kept asking God, no, no, Lord, don't do that. Don't do that. So God said, all right, God does not like complaining. I'm telling you, God does not like murmuring. God does not like unthankfulness and unappreciativeness. So let us not present that type of foolishness to God. Now, we looked yesterday uh, at uh, capital A in our outline miraculous provisions and and we understand you know that that we want to give thanks to God because one of the things that, that God will do is he will begin to bless you and I with miraculous provisions um capital A and we looked at Matthew uh chapter 14 verse 19 yesterday and we're going to take a look at Exodus chapter 16 and verse 31 today Exodus chapter 16 and verse 31 from the New International Version, our scripture reads, The people of Israel called the bread manna. It was white like coriander seed and tasted like wafers made with honey. Capital A, miraculous provision. Let us pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, again, we thank you, we praise you, we give you all glory, honor, and praise, which you so richly deserve. We pray, Father, that as we speak today, open our mouths with words of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding that your people may grow strong in you and in the power of your might, that revelation, insight may be granted to your servants that we all may grow in grace and in knowledge of you heavenly father we thank you again for this is the day that you have made we are rejoicing we are glad in it thank you for life for health for strength thank you for provision protection for finances father we thank you for all things and so many things that you do that we don't even 
recognize. We pause reverently this morning to start our day in thanks and appreciation to you, uh, our Heavenly Father, our Creator, and our Sustainer. Uh, Give us this day, Father, our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, Father. We ask that you lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For this is our prayer in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. We pray, amen, and amen. What we say? Uh, Miraculous provision. Miraculous provision. Now, very interesting thing here in Exodus uh, chapter 16. Um, The Israelites had... just seen God perform another miracle at the waters of Marah. Water was bitter. The people were complaining. They had no water to drink. They found some water, but they couldn't drink it because it was bitter. So they started grumbling and complaining against Moses. Uh, The Lord showed Moses a piece of wood, and he threw it in the water, and the water became sweet. Uh, and the people left that place, and you know they had gone. Bible says in in Exodus chapter sixteen verse one, the whole Israelite community set out from Elam and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after they had come out of Egypt. And Bible says in verse 2, in the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. Now, now you had a very, a very interesting narrative that kept repeating itself with the Israelites. And, and the tragic thing is that, that this same narrative uh, oftentimes repeats itself with God's people today. As long as things are going pretty well or seemingly good. People are all right with God. They're all right with God's leadership. They're all right with the program of God, as long as things are going pretty much the way they want them to go. But the minute things start going uh, sour or, or a little difficult or a little hardship, you see that uh, the whole community began to grumble against Moses. And today you got many people, as long as they're making plenty of money on their job, oh, they got no problem with God. They got no problem with the things of God. But then mess around and, and, and something happened that, that, didn't, that didn't turn out just the way you wanted. A lot of times people are like that with the church. Oh, you're doing just fine in the church as long as things are going like you want them to go. But then all of a sudden when things take a turn and see, see, and God says, Robert, what I will do with folk. God said, well, that's one of the ways I test folk. Because if you can only love God, you can only praise God, you can only appreciate God or the church or the work of God as long as things are going well. And as, things, as soon as there's a little difficult, now all of a sudden you're grumbling against the leadership, you're grumbling against the Lord, you're grumbling against the pastor, you weren't ready to leave the church. That shows that, that you were not really in the church for the right reason. You were, not really, you were not really in the movement for the right reason anyway. God wants us to love him not because of what he gives us and what he does for us, 
but he wants us to love him simply because of who he is. See, when you love a person for who they are, regardless of what they have, you will still love them. See, it's a difference between seeking the face of God and seeking the hand of God. When you're seeking the face of God, that's because you simply love God because of who he is. He is our heavenly father. He is our provider. He's our protector. He's our creator. He's our sustainer. He's worthy. But if you love, if you are seeking the hand of God, that means you just, you just try, you just in it for what you can get out of God. And the tragic thing is, just like some people are, are into God just for what they can get out of him, some people are into religion, into Christianity, into the church, not for what you can do for the church or what you can do for the movement or what you can do for the Lord, but some of you are just in it for what you can get out of the Lord. And that's the wrong attitude. See, even even one great president, American president, asked the question, ask not what your country can do for you, but what can you do for your country? See, if, if everybody is just taking, 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 eventually we will have nothing. There's got to be some, there's got to be some people that are putting in. There's got to be some sowers. See, the people here in the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. Now, now it's amazing how sometimes individuals uh, Time can make individuals forget just how horrible the situation was. They were slaves. They were not sitting, one of the things is saying, they, they were not having it that good. They were not sitting around any pots of meat. But here the adversary has convinced them that slavery was better than freedom. And then now convinced them that they were sitting around pots of meat and that, you know, they had all the food they wanted. And now, you know, now. As a result, now they, they question the purpose in God. And that's, that's exactly what some of you do out there when things start going difficult. That's, that's human nature. And see, this is why God does not want us to operate in human nature. God can't stand human nature. Because the Bible says the carnal mind is an enmity to God. It does not submit unto the laws of God, neither indeed can it do so. Those they that are in the flesh cannot please God. God does not like human nature. Because human nature is always talking something crazy, doing something crazy, thinking something crazy. You know, human nature, this is, this is human nature, that when things are going well, you know, we're all right. We, we keep quiet. You know, you don't read about them saying anything after Moses threw that piece of wood in the waters of, in the waters of Marah and the water became sweet. You don't, you don't hear anything. You just, they were just drinking, just drinking. But now they have gotten hungry. Now they're in another difficult situation. You say, Apostle, why is that important? It's important for you to understand that the God who brought you out of the last difficult situation will be this, is the same God that can bring you and will bring you out of the difficult situation that you're in. The same God that blessed you with the last job can be the same, will be the same God that blessed you with the next job. The same God that blessed you with the last uh, financial breakthrough will be the same God that blessed you with the next one. So it's the same God. See? And what we've got to learn how to do is to position ourselves so that God will take us from one level to the next. See, Murmuring and complaining does not cause God to take you to the next level of blessing. Murmuring and complaining causes God to take you to the next level of beating. 
Now, you can go to the next level of blessing with God, or you can go to the next level of beating with God. Mm. Some of you didn't know that. Murmuring, and your, watch this, your attitude, my attitude, will, will have a much, much bearing on whether God takes us to the next level of blessing or whether God takes us to the next level of beating. America as a country, as a nation, our attitude will, t- will determine whether God will take us to the next level of blessing or will take us to the next level of beating. God said your attitude. God told Solomon, because this is your attitude. Oh, okay, God said, okay, let me get this straight. Now, you just decide. Now, I done told you to stay away from these kind of women. Don't intermarry with these kind of women. And you're going to marry just as many of them as you possibly can. Sent, uh, 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 700 wives and 300 concubines. Since God said, since this is your attitude, your attitude, you, you don't got set in this. It's one thing to, to make a mistake and be like, okay, okay, I, I messed up. You know, Lord, forgive me. Let me come out of this. Let me start. But you just decided that this is how you're going to do things. So God said, all right, since you've given me that attitude, God said, I'm going to give you this attitude. Wrong attitude is to show God an attitude of stubbornness and an attitude of rebellion, an attitude of hard-heartedness and stiff-neckedness. Because, see, now God will show you an attitude. See, when you watch this now. God said, Robert, tell my people, when you show me an attitude I don't like, God said, I'm going to show you an attitude you don't like. God said, you show me some craziness, I'm going to show you some stuff that you're going to think is craziness too. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. God said, man, saying, well, we can fix it up. We, might, we, can, <laughs> we can fix that right up for you now. There we sat around, pots of meat, ate all the food we wanted, but you have brought us out into the desert to starve the entire assembly to death. Now look at the people. Now they want to blame and question Moses' motives for bringing them out. Understand, child of God, God is not bringing you out to destroy you. God is bringing you out to bless you. But if you've got the wrong attitude when God brings you out, then God will destroy you. He was bringing his people out to bless them. But because their attitude was not right, he ended up having to destroy many of them. God is bringing you to your, to, to your marriage not to destroy you, but to bless you. But if you come in with the wrong attitude, you can mess around and be destroyed. God is bringing you to your, 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 your new position to bless you. But if you come in with the wrong attitude, that, you can end up being destroyed. The, the, God is bringing you to the next level because he wants to bless you. The Bible says, then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, watch this, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instruction. But what the people jumped right out and did? Jumped right out and did not follow God's instruction. God rained down all the the bread they could eat, all the bread they could stand. But God gave them instructions. You say, Apostle, what this got to do with me? This was written 1,000 years ago. Yeah, you got the new job, but God gave you instructions on the new job. Yeah, you got the marriage. You got the new wife. You got the new husband. But God got instructions for you. Whatever blessing God has for you, there are specific instructions. And if you don't follow those instructions, you run the risk of losing it. Yeah, God gave you the scholarship. Yes, he did. But then he gave you instructions concerning the scholarship. Yes, God gave you the grant. 
but he gave you instructions regarding it. Yes, God gave you the car. God gave you the house. God, yes, but God, any blessing that God gives to us, he gives it to us with specific instructions. God said, because what I'm going to do is I'm going to test you. And if you fail the test, you can lose the blessing. Lord said, I'm going to rain down bread. I'm going to rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. Understand something, the child of God, under the sound of my voice. No matter what stage, no matter what level you get to, there's always instructions that God has for you to follow. Be apostle if you want to. Prophet, evangelist, pastor, bishop, whatever you call yourself, whatever God calls you, there are instructions that you must follow. At every level. Praise God. God said, I'm going to test you. See, you understand something out there. Whatever blessing you have received, you need to understand it's a test. Mm. Whatever blessing you have received from God, it's a test. God is checking you out to see whether you're going to handle that blessing like you're supposed to you're going to jump out of there and be crazy with it. God says, in, what's what the Bible says? In this way, I will test them to see whether they will follow my instruction. Isaac was a blessing to Abram. He was a blessing. Abraham waited a long time. God said, let me test you. Are you willing to sacrifice that son, that only son that you love so much? Abraham passed the test. Are you passing your test with the blessings that God has given you? Are you passing the test with your finances, your financial blessings that God has given you? Are you passing the test, watch this, with your health? Understand that good health is a blessing from God. You don't have gout. You don't have high blood pressure. You don't have uh, That's a blessing from God. Are you passing the test? Any blessing that you and I receive from God is a test, and God is sitting back watching. Are you going to pass the test? In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. See, Because your blessing can, it can if you follow the instructions, your blessing can remain a blessing. But if you don't follow the instructions concerning the blessing, your blessing can become a curse to you. You're going to see it a little bit later on as we get down. People run right out. God tell them how much manna to gather they're going to gather, much as they greed. And, in, and the manna they had now ended up full of maggots and stinking and rotten because they didn't handle it properly. You know, my spirit goes to some, some food. Uh, you know, it's very, very, I just come out of Nigeria, and I've got a little small room right down in the ghetto. 
hot, very hot. I didn't see much electricity for about or just about the whole time I was in Nigeria for about the last two two weeks or so. And an individual had cooked me some food. Food was very, very good, but because I didn't have any electricity, I couldn't keep it in my refrigerator. And that food was very good. And I had, you know, I tried to keep it because uh, I was going to try to eat some later and different things, and I tried to keep it in an airtight container, but the heat was too hot and there was no electricity. And that food, as good as it was when I ate it, when that heat got to it and it began to sour and do any kind of thing, when I opened it up, it was smelling so bad and smelling so stinking. You, I, As bad as I wanted to get to it when it was first pre- prepared, that I, even worse than that, I wanted to get it out of there because it was smelling, it was strong and, and, and smelling very badly. That which was so good had now become so bad. Why? I didn't have a refrigerator. I couldn't, I couldn't handle it properly. If we don't handle our blessings properly, they can become curses. They can do you more harm than they ever did you good if you don't handle it properly. Bible says on the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in. And that is to be twice as much as they shall gather on the other day. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, in the evening you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt. Now, now, I'm hearing God right now interject. God said, Robert, I shouldn't have to keep proving myself to you all. Something is wrong if, if God has to keep proving himself to you. Can you imagine as a as a parent, if every month your children were asking you to go and take a DNA test to find out if they really your parents? Every month? Now, wait a minute. We just went last month. and Yeah, yeah, I know, Daddy, but uh, I just want to make sure. Now, how irritating would that be to you that every single month your children want you to go and take a DNA test to find out if you are really their parent. God shouldn't have to keep proving himself. You, you, you need to get to a place in your walk with God where you know that you know that you know. That, that, that I know that God, I, I know, I know there's some things that we need to know about God. I know he's my provider. I know he's my protector. I know he's my my deliverer, my shield, my buckler. He's my strength, my very present help. I know, I know. Moses told him to look, in the evening you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt. The Red Sea didn't convince you of that. The waters of Marah didn't convince you of that. Seeing Pharaoh's army and chariots destroyed didn't convince you of that. The plague of frogs, the plague of gnats, the plague of hail, the plague of boils, the death didn't convince you. Why are you still having to be convinced as to who God is? Is something wrong with you? Bible says in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord because he has heard your grumbling against him. Now understand something. Every bit of grumbling in your heart, in your mind, it come out your mouth. God has heard every bit of it. 
I want to encourage you under the sound of my voice. Any grumbling that you may have done, you may be doing, or that you may be planning to do, repent quickly. See, it's not a good thing to meet God in the midst of grumbling, in the midst of complaining. God says, I hear it. See, and Moses said, look, who are we that you should grumble against us? Moses said, look, I don't have any hell to, to put you in, you know, but God does. Moses also said, you will know that it was the Lord when he gives you meat in the evening and all, all the bread you want in the morning because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we? You are not grumbling against us, but against the Lord. See, now, now what you have here is you have meat and bread coming to the people because of their grumbling. We, we don't want to receive, we, watch this now. God said, Robert, it's better to receive blessings from me that come from your thanksgiving rather than to have to receive. It's still a blessing. Now, bread and meat is, is a blessing, but it came from their grumbling, not from their thanksgiving. God would rather bless us based on our thanksgiving and not give something to us based on our grumbling. And we're talking about miraculous provisions. It's better to receive miraculous provisions based on your thanksgiving, based on your appreciativeness, your thanks, your, your sincere, than to receive miraculous provisions based on grumbling, based on complaining. Then Moses told Aaron, say to the entire Israelite community, come before the Lord. For he has heard your grumbling. Moses has said that about three times. Moses has said that, you know, you go back to verse 7. In the morning you will see the glory of the Lord because he has heard your grumbling. You know, then Moses said, you will know that the Lord, in verse 8, you will know that the Lord, uh, that it was the Lord when he gives you all the meat in the evening and all the bread you want in the morning because he has heard your grumbling. Then you go down, you know, who are we? You are not grumbling against us, but against the Lord. It, about three times Moses, Moses had mentioned. And Moses keeps mentioning this over and over because he wants the people to understand the severity of grumbling. See, Moses was a leader. And Moses was in constant communion and constant uh, talks and chats with God. See, some of you all in constant talks and chats on social media. There are some people that are in constant talks and chat with God. You constantly talking and chatting on Facebook. You constantly talking and chatting on Badu. You constantly talking, talking and chatting on Twitter. But, but there are some people that are constantly talking and chatting with God. Moses was constantly talking and chatting with God. and He wanted the people to understand that this grumbling thing, you need to get this out of your system before, before something really bad happens to you. Verse 10, while Abram was speaking to the whole Israelite community, they looked toward the desert, and there was the glory of the Lord appearing in a cloud. The Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them at twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. That evening, quail came and covered the camp, and in the morning, there was a layer of dew around the camp. 
when the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is it? Well, they did not know what it was. You say, Apostle, why is that important? It's important to understand that if you keep right on grumbling, keep right on complaining, God can, can, can give you the very thing that you've been crying out for and asking for. But because of your state of mind, because of your grump, your attitude, you don't even recognize it. Being blessed and recognizing you are blessed are two totally different things. And the tragic thing is many of us in this great country of America don't even realize how blessed we are. And our children of God, I've been in 21 countries the last two years, been in places where, where I know that there are people that would give their right arm just to be in this country. And some of us are over here complaining. In a land flowing with milk and honey, a land flowing with opportunities, a land where you can drink the water right out of the tap, a land where electricity is on 24 hours a day, seven days a week, a land where you can drive from, from one state to the next without being shaken down by uh, army officers with AK-47 or, or, or uh, armed robbers. Uh, that it, we are blessed. The people were blessed and didn't even recognize it. The Bible says they didn't know what it was. They they were asking, what is it? For they did not know what it was. They didn't even realize the miraculous provision. They didn't realize the re the, the the blessing of God staring them right in their face. And the tragic thing is, as many of us in this country, we don't recognize how blessed we are, how fortunate we are just to be in America. I've been to embassies around the world where people are lining up 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning, thousands of people lining up, spending a, a, a year's worth of wages just to try and get a visa to come where we are. Moses said to them, it is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. You say, Apostle, why is it important? Because leadership had to explain to the people how blessed they were. Leadership had to explain to the people that it was the miraculous provision of God that, was, that they were blessed with. Even with their complaining, even with their grumbling, even with their unthankfulness, their unappreciative, God was still blessing them. And God is still doing the same thing to, to many of us. But God don't like it. See, that's what Moses wanted the people to understand. Yeah, God has still blessed you, but God don't like the way you're behaving. Moses said to him, it is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord commands. Each one is to gather as much as he needs. Now, now understand that your blessing is not meant to be a stockpile of greedy stuff just for you. It's meant that your needs might be supplied and that the excess may be shared. Always keep that in mind. God is into supplying our needs, not supplying our greeds. See to it that your needs are met and then let the excess be shared. Each one. Moses told him, said, now look, here's the instructions concerning your blessing so you don't lose your blessing. Here's the instruction, and that's one of the responsibilities of leadership in the church today, to share with God's people the, the, the 
uh, instructions concerning their blessings so you don't lose it. There's instructions concerning that new job you got. Understand that that, that new job is the, the main purpose is that you might be a blessing to the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. See, as long as you keep the kingdom of God first, you're safe. Anytime I see people out there, and you, you, some of you all on the sound of my voice, you don't have the kingdom of God first in your mind, I know it's just a matter of time before God gets you. As long as you have the kingdom of God first, see, that's what God tells us, consider the ant. You don't see an ant just, ant find a big old piece of something. He don't just haul off and just start eating it right there by, by itself. Man, I'm going to eat all I can eat, man. The first thing an ant start trying to do is bring it back to the hive. Ant will start trying to drag that thing back to the hive because the ant recognizes and understands that he's a part of something that is bigger than himself. Consider the ant. God tell you, consider the ant. Look at the ant. Now look how ants operate. As long as your mindset is kingdom first, you're going to be safe. But if your mindset is me first, me first, then you're going to run into a situation where it's only going to be you trying to look out for you. Keep the kingdom first, and the kingdom will keep you safe, and the kingdom will keep you provided for. Kingdom first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. God says, look, you need to understand, if you take care of my business, God says, I'll take care of your business. And God says, the kingdom is my business. If you ever wonder what God's business is, God is a businessman. He's a, well, he's a business God. Let me say it like that. God, you guys, I'm a business God. And my business is the kingdom. The kingdom of God. God said, that's my business. That, that's what I do. Everybody, some of you all out there, you janitors. Some of you all out there, you 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 sell cars. Some of you all out there, you work on computers. Some of you all out there, understand my voice, you're doing all kind of stuff. That's your business. God got business, and His business is the kingdom of God, making sure that the kingdom of God is running like it's supposed to run, making sure that the people in the kingdom have what they're supposed to have. Children in the kingdom have what they want. The kingdom is what, that's God's business. God said, look, you take care of my business. I'll take care of your business. God said, now you get slack on my business and watch how your business will suffer. Eventually. Moses said to them, it is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord commands. Moses, look, now here's how to handle the blessing from God. Here's how to handle your miraculous provision so you don't lose it, so it doesn't become a curse to you, so it doesn't start stinking to you. Each one of you is to gather as much as he needs. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. Now, you can't have it because you've got some big bone people in your tent. Can't have it because you got some folk, man, I need two omas, man. I just can't get, uh-uh, take an oma. Take your oma, bro. <laughs> you all in there talking about you big bone, did you big bone, did you get that from your father's side? Don't nobody want to hear that stuff. Take an oma. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> take an oma. In other words, that's that's your allotted amount. That's your allotted amount. God don't want to hear that stuff about, you know, you need it. You know, uh-uh. For each person, you have in your tent. Three people, three omas. The Bible said, watch this now. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some gathered little. Now, this is how you can maintain your blessing. This is how you can keep Because getting blessed and staying blessed are two different things. 
Getting married and staying married are two different things. Getting in shape and staying in shape, they're two different things. Getting blessed and staying blessed, two different things. Getting out of prison and staying out of prison, two different things. The Israelites did as they were told. This is how you can maintain your blessing. This is how you can keep God blessing you. Keep the blessings of God flowing in your life. See, sometimes, you know, if we're not careful, the adversary can convince us that we're the ones that is, is blessing us. God said, uh-uh, wrong answer. God said, every good and perfect gift comes from me, comes from above, God. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some gathered little. And when they measured it by the omer, he who gathered much did not have too much. He who gathered little did not have too little. Each one gathered as much as they needed. God wants to supply your needs, not your greeds. When you cross the line with God and start trying to, to get into your greeds being supplied, that's when, you, that's when you start running into problems with God. Lord, show me my needs so I don't be over here running around in the, in the, in the, the yard of greed. Then Moses said to them, no one is to keep any of it until morning. All right, now here's the second instruction. See, here's the second instruction. Moses gave the first instruction. Some of you all out there, you followed the apostles' first instruction, but then you didn't follow the second instruction. You followed pastor's first instruction, but then you didn't follow the second instruction. They followed the first instruction, and each one gathered as much as they needed. They did what they were told. But then Moses said, no one is to keep any of it till morning. Well, for some reason, that instruction just didn't sit well with some of the Israelites. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. Now, there's that right there why some of you all are running into problems out there. We're talking about miraculous provision. And we can all, and just like we're talking about miraculous provision, we can talk about lack of miraculous provision. Some of you didn't pay any attention to your leadership. Everyone has got to, the Bible says in Romans chapter 13, verse 1, everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities. There's a governing authority for everyone. There's a governing authority in the church. There's governing authorities in the family. There's governing authorities in business. There's governing authorities on job. Now, you jump out there on your job and feel like you don't have to listen to your supervisor. Uh, he don't tell you. You you tell him. What you're going to be is out of a job. One of the things. <laughs> you're going to have a box in your, in your car, be somewhere crying, because there's governing authorities. And everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities. What you have here, you know, people don't want to, now they don't want to submit to the governing authority. Some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until morning. But, see, when you don't submit to the, the, the governing authorities, when you don't submit to God's ordained leadership, there's always a but, and it's not pretty what's on the other side. You don't, children out there, you don't want to listen to your parents, there's a but. Husbands out there, wives out there, you don't want to listen to your husbands, there's a but. Congregation members out there, you don't want to listen to pastor, there's a but. And what's on the other side of but is not going to be pretty. But it was full of maggots and began to smell. So Moses was angry with that. When you make your God-ordained leadership angry with you, you are making the God of your God-ordained leadership angry with you. Children out there, you keep acting crazy and make your parents angry with you. You need to understand that God is angry with you too. 
workers out there, you keep making your supervisors angry with you. You need to understand you're making God angry with you too. Some of y'all need to wake up out there. Congregation members out there, you're making your pastor angry with you. You need to understand you're making God angry with you too. Each morning, everyone gathered as much as they needed. And when the sun grew hot, it melted away. Say, Apostle, what's the importance of that right there? Understand that there's a window to your blessing. There's a there's a allotted amount of time that your blessing is going to be there. Now, you've got to take advantage of it while it's on the ground. By the, now you, you know, in the morning, you could get your manna. You could get your eat on. But mess around and you don't you decide that you're not gonna gather till twelve o'clock, twelve forty five, I'm a late sleep, all that now there's no manner because it has melted away. On the sixth day they gathered twice as much, two omens for each person, and the leaders of the community came and reported this to Moses. He said that, he said to them, This is what the Lord commanded. Today is to be a day of rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. So bake what you want to bake. Boil what you want to boil. Save whatever is left. Keep it until morning. So they saved it until morning. Watch this. As Moses commanded. Now, before, when they just tried to gather on their own and keep some till morning, what happened to it? Maggots, stinking, rotten, smelling. But now, because they are listening to their God-ordained leadership, they're doing the same thing, but they're listening to their God-ordained leadership and the Bible says what happened? Huh? So they kept it, they saved it until morning as Moses commanded, and it did not stink, and it did not get maggots in it. You say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? Uh, your God-ordained leadership out there can keep you, tell you how to keep your marriage. Your God-ordained leadership out there can tell you what the steps you need to keep your job. Your God-ordained leadership out there can tell you the steps to, to keep receiving blessings. Moses told him, so look now, you try this here, this same thing you try on your own, and look how crazy it turned out. Now Moses said, you do it like I'm giving you instructions from God and see how it turned out. Eat it today, Moses said, because today is the Sabbath to the Lord. You will not find any of it on the ground today. Six days, you have to gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will not be any. Watch this, nevertheless. Some of you all out there, you're part of this nevertheless group. You're just hard-headed. You just decided you're going to just do this thing like you want to do it. Understand there is not a heaven for people who have decided to do things like they want to do them. There's no heaven like that. For people that have decided they're going to do things just the way they want to do them, that place is called hell. That's what God got for people, free, free thinkers. you out thinking outside the box. No, you better think. You better get inside God's box. And do just like God has told you inside his box. Get in God's box and do just like he told you inside his box. Nevertheless, some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather, but they found none. They found none. You're trying to do this thing. You 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 don't want to you don't want to do this thing like God said. You're gonna to try to prove that God is wrong. That's something you will never do. You will only end up making yourself look stupid and end up hurting yourself in the end. God's way is the right way. God's way is the best way. God's way works. Then the Lord said to Moses, how long will you refuse? How long 
will you refuse to keep my commands and my instructions? Bear in mind that the Lord has given you the Sabbath. That is why on the sixth day, he gives you bread for two days. Everyone is to stay where he is on the seventh day. No one is to go out. So the people rested on the seventh day. The people of Israel called the bread manna. It was white like coriander seed, and it tasted like wafers made with honey. Moses said, this is what the Lord has commanded. Take an omer of manna and keep it for the generations to come so that they can see the bread I gave you to eat in the desert when I brought you out of Mo- out of Egypt. See. So Moses said to Aaron, take a jar and put an omer of manna in it and place it before the Lord to be kept for generations to come. But what is God saying? He's saying the same thing. God said, look, my stuff, my way worked in Moses' day. My stuff and my way worked in your day. This, this omer of manna was to be symbolic of how God and following God's way, following God's instruction has always been the way to success. That's why God would introduce himself. I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. He would introduce himself to various generations because every generation has to get to know God for themselves, have to get to get to know the miraculous provisions of God for themselves. The same thing that worked in Moses' day, which was obedience, it's the same thing that will work for you and I today. The same thing that got people in trouble in Moses' day, disobedience, grumbling, complaining, rebellion, stiff neck, the same thing that's getting individuals in trouble today. Now, it's easy for many of us to see how the Israelites were rebelling and kicking against leadership, but can you see how you keep rebelling and kicking against leadership today? Oh, it's a, it's a pretty easy thing to see a booger in your friend's nose, but can you see the booger that's in your nose? As the Lord commanded Moses, Aaron, put the manna in front of the testimony that it might be kept. The Israelites ate manna 40 years until they came to the land that was settled. They ate manna until they reached the border of Canaan. And Omer is one-tenth of an ephah. This miraculous provision, we're talking about miraculous provision, it went on until the people reached the borders of Canaan. When they reached the borders of Canaan, the manna stopped. In other words, God said, now it's a different way that things have to be done now. See, And and some of you all got to understand, you got to know when the manna stopped. In other words, that's God's way of saying, look, I babied you, I kind of googooed you, I did some things, but now God says, I'm expecting some different stuff out of you. See, that selfishness that you were involved in, that might have worked years ago. But once you get to a certain level in the things of God, you get to a certain place, God be like, look, that's not going to work no more. I'm expecting you to, God says, now I'm expecting you to. The, the manna stopped. See, the manna stopped. And the people had to work the land. See, they had to get out and they had to work the land. So, so, you know, miraculous provision, you know, you need to understand that, that, that you don't want to 
uh, to count on that as uh, as an always thing. You know, God is the provider. Everything and everyone else is a provision. See, God is the same one that provided the manna before they got into the land of Canaan, and God was the same one that provided the the, the uh, what was growing from the ground that they had to work. He was still providing, but the provision was different. And what we've got to understand is that, you know, what God uses as a provision on Monday, he may not use as a provision on Tuesday. So what we want to do is we want to not get too attached to the provision, but attach ourselves to the provider. See, And then whatever provision he chooses will be, will be ready for, will be in place for. God did the same thing with Elijah had ravens bringing bread and meat in the morning, bread and meat in the evening. And during a three-and-a-half-year famine, Elijah was drinking out of a brook. But then the Bible says the brook dried up, and God had used another provision, told him go to the widow of Zarephath, and that she would be used to take care of many of his needs. So I encourage you on the sound of my voice, you keep, your, keep your relationship, keep your eyes fixed on the provider, so that when he changes provision, provision, you you you're all right and you're ready to move because you understand that provisions change, but the provider remains con constant. Miraculous provisions. We pray the Lord has blessed you all real good, and uh, the Lord willing, we will see you all this evening at 6 p.m. May God bless you and heaven continue to smile on you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.